let's get started. So first off, um, just want to say welcome to Mental Health Mondays. I want to thank Lunar Sweet for inviting me on here today to facilitate today's segment. Uh, my name is Francesca Fontes, and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I have a private practice down in South Florida named Purpose Therapy, where I work with individuals, couples, and families. And I specialize in issues such as mental health, trauma, and relationships. Um, so today, uh, as you know, as you read on the flyer, uh, we're getting ready to round up and close out Mental Health Awareness Month, as well as Haitian Heritage Month. And so because of that, um, you guys have been having a lot of different segments throughout this month, listening to a lot of amazing therapists share different topics centered around mental health. And just to kind of close out this month, we wanted to tie it all together by talking about the importance of therapy. Um, why that's important, especially for our Haitian culture, is because this is a topic that's often stigmatized and it's often shunned. And most people find a lot of discomfort in talking about the idea of going to see a therapist. And so um, I wanted to highlight and just kind of start that conversation um, surrounding that topic. And this is, like I mentioned before, a struggle. And so what I wanted to do is bring on um, someone who is equally as passionate about therapy as I am. Um, she's a big advocate for therapy, and she's also someone who has been in therapy and, and um, has a lot of experience to share about how her time has been um, working with a therapist and kind of working through her issues. Um, her name is Barbara Alcina, and so I'll be bringing her on to talk about um, her experiences. We'll be going through some questions and having an open discussion. Um, if anybody has any questions, you can post some questions, and we'll, if we're able to get to them in the allotted time, we will. Um, if not, uh, hopefully you guys can get a great amount of information and just some insight into what the process of therapy looks like for someone who um, could so someone who's considering going to therapy or someone who wants to become a client. Um, again, like I mentioned before, because this is a struggle in our community, we wanted to try to normalize this topic so that it doesn't seem so taboo um, and people can feel more comfortable with taking those next steps to seeking out a therapist. Um, so now I'm gonna get ready to bring Barbara Alcina onto the live. Uh, Barbara, if you're watching, could you please comment so I can go ahead and add you? All right. Barbara, if you are here, just go ahead and comment. All right. Let me see, I'm gonna go ahead and add you right now. Hey girl. Hey girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so funny thing y'all, before we get started, so Barbara and I have these conversations like on the regular, like every week. And so we, <laughs> we are just pretty much bringing you in on the conversation um, so you can kind of get an idea about 
what it is that we talk about. And she's going to share a lot of her information. She has a wealth of knowledge and experience that she's going to be able to share with you guys. Um, but before we, she does that, I want to go ahead and read a quick bio about her. Um, so Barbara is a child protection social worker who was familiarized with child welfare as a foster youth during her teenage years. There, she was introduced to therapy to address the trauma that brought her into the foster care system. She speaks highly of her experiences in therapy as an adult, balancing work and attending to her mental health. She believes that to better serve her clients, practicing self-care is a must. Welcome, Barbara. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> All right, so so before we get started, um, if you wanted to share anything with the audience, just kind of giving a little intro. I know I shared a lot of information about you, but if you wanted to say a few words before we get into the questions, here's the floor. Hi, everyone. I have a lot of friends that joined. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I, um, I really do. I couldn't be a therapist of the other side, <laughs> soaking in all the knowledge and wisdom. So every time I get to help someone figure out something, whether it's financial issues, depression, impending divorce, whatever life changes that come into someone's life, I always advise them, you need to seek out some professional health because there are people for that. So why should you go alone when you can have someone to bounce ideas off of them that can help guide you and provide you with some coping skills? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Like I mentioned before, you're an advocate for therapy. Um, so you're the perfect person to have on this live today to share your experience. Um, so I'm going to go into the, the first question. Um, so for you, as a Haitian woman, what made you decide to seek out therapy for yourself as an adult? Um, I know that you had therapy as a child, but what made you decide to move forward with that as an adult? I think as an adult... Um, when I decided to join back in 2015, it was to an EAP service at my uh -huh. job, at my then job. I was living in Florida, it, which is Employee Assistance Program. So right. you have sessions, and basically you go through your insurance company, whatever person is under that network, you go. And I was going through some life decisions that I needed to make. And for me at that time, I was balancing my own perspective of myself, other people's perspective of me, and my family's expectations of me for the decision that I was about to make. And so I needed a professional person that was non-biased, that didn't know me mm -hmm. from, that I could sit across from and really just bounce ideas and give me that um, sense of comfort, normalize that what I was making was for me, someone that was really just on my team rooting for me without any type of biases. So I did that in 2015, and then a year and a half later, I moved to Massachusetts, where I was adjusting. There's this thing here called seasonal depression, and yeah, because of the uh, weather. Yeah, therapist via yeah. you know Skype sessions and telehealth. So before this was the normal, <laughs> we used to do it when I moved. Um, yeah. And so at some point, I was in crisis, and we were on a therapy session um, on a video and. He just felt so inefficient. And he said, Barb, 
I want to pass you a Kleenex box right now, but I can't. So I need you to seek out someone that's local that you can have the freedom to just really just sit on their couch and just scream and vent and cry, whatever that may be that I can't give you that physical comfort. I'm not there to do that. And I feel very powerless. And I appreciated him very much. We still keep in touch here and there and keep him up on what's going on in my life. But that was like, listen, you're not a little kid anymore. Life is happening. You have a lot of baggage. You have some childhood trauma. And that's playing out in some, some of your behaviors and patterns right now. In order for you to become a better individual, you have to seek some type of professional help to understand the root of these things that's happening in your life. So that was the reason. But I know that was very hard in terms of me being Haitian because there's this myth that mm -hmm. people go to therapy or if you're in right. therapy you're on some prescribed medication. So at the end of the day, it's like, I go to the doctor because I broke my wrist and I know I can't fix it at home. I can't fix mm -hmm. it. With it. And that was the same mindset that I had, regardless of what people had to say. Me being Haitian, born and living in the US, there's this contrasting culture of, I am Haitian, but I'm also a naturalized American here. And there are things that both cultures bring in that are great. Why not merge them together for the betterment of myself? So. Right, right. So I like that you touched on the aspect of that, you know, that stigma and that aspect of where people will say you're crazy or something's going on with you. You need medication when you're trying to, it sounds like you were, you saw that you were in a place where you needed to attend to your self-care, especially it, transitioning. Oh my, yes. Transitioning here from a state of all sunshine. And then here you have, it's September October and four o'clock and it's pitch black outside before you yeah. think like what is this you know there's no motivation there's no drive to do anything and so that was an adjustment in itself and I was caring for my you know very sick mother at the time uh -huh. there was something happening within that year that it was like okay you got to put a pause on this and really seek some professional help and have someone that is not your friend that's not a relative but that just sees you for you without any biases or your standards that you may have expressed at one point in time and really just focus on you. This is your world. In that 50 minutes, 45 minutes we have together, this is my world and I can be as free as I can. Yeah. And you talked about your process of going through your EAP program. Can you tell everyone what EAP stands for? Employee Assistance Program. So most people have them with their employers. It's when someone is going through a crisis. It could be, you know, a divorce. It could be financial crisis. It could be a foreclosure. It could be adoption. It could be anything that you're going through that you feel is beyond your capacity to handle on your own, and you may want to seek out some help. Um, especially in my field of work, there's a lot of what's called various trauma. Like for me, yes. this is very personal. I run in, as you heard from the bio earlier, that I was in foster care, and so I run into cases and the allegations with exactly what happened to me. So how do you really just approach that perspective yeah. without biases? For a long time, I could not stand fathers on my caseloads. I don't care how great you were of a father. I just didn't like you. And it played out in how I serviced these people. So I needed to address those things. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you had your first therapist that you got through your EAP program and then transitioning to where you are now, you sought out another therapist. Um, so talk a little bit about that process of switching to therapists, um, how you were able to find a new one, how you knew someone, that person was the right fit for you. The very one I had in 2015 when I lived in Florida, it was a black male, black power. This man saw me as a fellow sister, in a sense. And then yeah. here, I'm an older woman, 
that is a white woman also. And I think one of the reasons we connected was I didn't know I had some hint of some mummy issues in a sense. There was mm. I'm there was a cry for help. I needed to be mothered in a way because the mother that I have right now, biologically, she was ill. She couldn't mother me in a way because we didn't live together yeah. for 13 years. So when she came to the U.S., she was ill. So the expectations of me being mothered, sitting on her lap, her probably doing my hair, you know, just little things that making up for lost time, I didn't have that. And so for me, when I saw this woman, it was like she would give you hugs at the end of ses each session. It was just like there was that mothering thing that I was looking for. But she was also very wise because she's been doing this for over 30 years. And yeah. so that wealth of knowledge and experiences. And she does a little bit of self-determination at times to normalize that what you're going through is not abnormal. You're not crazy for what you're experiencing because this is a human experience, quote unquote. She likes to use that a lot. It's you're mm -hmm. human. You're not out of this other world that you think you live in. This is okay. This is normal. But how we go about it, how we act on it is a different story. And that's why we're here. So I went through psychology today for this current um, I read reviews. Um, she had her own website, seeing the things she does, the approach that she has. And she was also a Christian. So that that mattered to me. And I made mm -hmm. my... I've never had to fire a therapist. So I think I'm considered one of the lucky. <laughs> and that's yeah. it. Anytime, even with the EAP, it was a one-time shot. I met him and we connected. And then I just... Mm -hmm. with it. Like, even in shopping, I'm the type of person, like, if I like it, I try it on, it's good. I don't need no other options. So that's me. Yeah. If it worked the first time, I keep it going. Yeah. So you figured out what worked for you. And you mentioned Psychology Today. So for those of you that don't know, Psychology Today is a directory where you can search for a therapist in your city, in your town um, by zip code. You can see what they specialize in. You can see what um, area uh, of focus, how they work in terms of their therapeutic models or their theories. Um, so it's very thorough. And you even get to see the person. You get to see their website. Um, it's full of therapists from all across the country. So it sounds like that was a great resource for you. Yeah. And she knows you by name. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So I want to know, so what would you share with someone who wants to seek out therapy but because of the stigma that we talked about earlier that exists within the Haitian culture, they're worried about taking that next step. You know, I always say, and a lot of people always echo in that same mindset of you're not responsible for what happened to you, but you're responsible for how you address it. And I also like to say that very rarely do people escape childhood trauma. And that's just a start. Yeah. Let's just, for example, other I read something on Nuno Suite recently where someone posted their pride for being Haitian, regardless of the people that fled Haiti during the dictatorship in the 70s and 80s, you know, people that came here in the 90s under Aristide and a lot, a lot of political reasons or why people migrate to the United States. And then you come here, you think this is all Mary. And then you find children that are in schools being bullied and all that stuff. And we also come from a community where our discipline method is very authoritarian. And so you're not taught to speak up at home. You know, that personality you may have, which could be very great. It could be very assertive in a work setting. You see it as being labeled as disrespectful in a household at times. 
And so you may even move around your career where you feel like I don't have a voice because I was never taught to speak out at home. So now me finding my voice in my 20s and in my 30s, I'm having a hard time walking into who I'm meant to be because of these barriers that I've had, these little voices that I've had in my mind from a very early age. And I think at some point you have to look at it and say, hey, your parents gave you the best that they could. But now you've had the resources um, you are someone who's looking to better yourself in all areas, not just the physical health, um, not just career-wise, not just academics, but really overall a better person. And so uh -huh. that's something that can't be neglected, you know? So you have to block out the noises and know that, hey, there's a contrasting culture here. Yes, I'm Haitian. I love the food. I love the culture. But the American culture offers me an opportunity where I can really um, spread out and and, and spread my wings a little more and really dissect the Haitian experience with someone that may be familiar with, you know, cultural diversity or whatever the case may be. It could be you couldn't speak up at home. It could be you watched your parents get a divorce or it could be you were raised in a household where it, you didn't see any positive, healthy relationships. Mom and dad were together for the kids, but they were living in separate bedrooms. That's not healthy. Oh, uh -huh. I'm thinking that this is normal, but that's not normal. That's not healthy. The day-to-day -day people that are married are not supposed to live like that. You know, yeah. he, you don't want to be together, then you don't want to be together, you know. So there's all these things that we're raised with that's hush-hush in our community. Sexual abuse is another one. It's very taboo. We have a lot of victims in the community. It's just under the rug. And so those are things that affect how you become intimate with someone, how you move about your relationships. It could just be friendships. You have trust issues. Those are things that started yeah. from childhood and so it's very important to just unravel these things in order for you to say hey it's not always the other person maybe i come from a background where this was not something that i was ever exposed to but now i want to know better so there's a lot of unlearning to relearn and these things don't happen by yourself they can happen with prayer but when you pair that up with therapy it's even better so why not yes absolutely i love that you said that the idea of prayer and therapy because a lot of people especially within our culture we're taught we're raised in the church we grow up learning that if you're going through something or if something's happening in your house okay just pray about it just pray about it you know i or go speak to the priest or whatever the case is but but Rarely do people talk about the aspect of bringing in a professional to address a lot of the issues that you talked about. I mean, you mentioned acculturation. You mentioned um, sexual abuse. You mentioned uh, familial issues that oftentimes may seem normal to you as you're growing up, but then you learn that, okay, these dynamics are not necessarily normal. And if I don't address them, that I may actually bring them and continue to perpetuate them in my own family. Exactly. Um, so I love that you touched on that. Absolutely, because I see it in my Haitian clients, the way they parent children. And these are people that are in their 20s that have been here for years. And it's like, we complain about how we were raised, how we were parented. And here you are doing the same thing. That's because you haven't really sat down to really address the deep, the deeply rooted issues. Where did it stem from? You know? Yeah. So our parents probably didn't have the access to these resources, didn't have the education level that we have now, but it's up to us. And if anybody that's a believer, prayer works wonders. But when you pair that up with therapy, it's lethal. And yes. I'm with, you know, so why not? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So the uh, next question I wanted to ask, um, can you recall a time where you yourself during your time of therapy um, experienced like a breakthrough 
what that was like for you and what kind of shift did it create in your life? So, you know, a lot of times we think healing, I'm in therapy and I have this deadline, this cap, I'm here for three months and at three months I need to just tackle everything and check off everything off that list. And it doesn't work like that. And I think it yeah. also to get to know yourself on a deeper level. So in February, I experienced something where we all have a good side and balance. And I experienced something in February that really made me act, for me, out of character based on my own standards. And I just felt like, why did you give that person that much power over you to drag you to where you're acting so low? And one day on the call, I had a conversation with her and she said, no, nah, Barb, I think you really have a hard time facing yourself and that's why you're mad. So I took that and, and I'm one of those uh -huh. that's very self-reflective. I'm very self-aware. I own my stuff. I mess up. I mess up. I own it. And yeah. how can I? I can I improve on it? So I took that back to one of my therapy sessions that I had with my therapist. And she looked at me in awe and said, oh, look at you. You had a human experience, honey. <laughs> what did you think you were? Like Barbara, the, the inspiring person, Barbara, the social worker, Barbara, this, Barbara, that, that you don't think that there's any ounce of you having a human experience that it's okay to be upset. It's okay to even be angry, but, it's, but that is an emotion. Just like yeah. happy emotion, that is an emotion. And, and Wanda was one of those people that really drove that conversation to where it's like, we are all multi-layered. We're all multi-dimensional. And for me, I had a really hard time accepting that I can have an impulse one day. You piss me off. You can see a side that you wish you had never awakened. And mm -hmm. so now I took it very far and I regretted it after that. But now it's like, hey, there's better ways to handle that. There's better ways to express that. You don't have to finish someone just because someone has pissed you off. And so for me, that was a breakthrough because here I was, this side is there. It probably only comes out once every two years or something because I don't really, I felt like I had enough handle of not letting people take me that far. But then it got to a point where it was like, I wanted to be vindictive. I wanted to just make you feel what I was feeling and it could be harmful. So it's really how you handle these things. All of these emotions are okay. We all get upset. We all get angry. But it's really how do you manage it to where it's healthy and nobody's life is at stake. You're not harming someone. And you don't end up regretting it, you know? So you don't always yeah. have to say. And I grew up with that because I felt like for a very long time where I didn't have a voice in a lot of decisions that were made for me in my life growing up in foster care. It was just you going here today, you moving here. So I didn't have a lot of, of say. But I felt like when I could speak and I had a voice, it was like, you're going to pay for this. I'm yeah. going to have the. So I took pride in that. And it's like sometimes you may have to accept an apology that you'll never get and you don't have to show out and show out the side because it's unhealthy at times and it brings out other emotions in you where you have to realize where is this coming from that's not healthy at all and so for me the breakthrough was really just owning me that there's the good the bad and the ugly but the ugly doesn't have to be so ugly it could be something that's a little more manageable it could be something that could be polished you could use some polishing mm -hmm. and, and that we're all multi-dimensional multi-layered and it's okay Barbara could be very sweet, but don't provoke her. That's okay. Yeah. So it sounds like, sounds like with the help of your therapist, you were able to not only learn some tools about how to handle certain conflicts in a different way, but then you also, I guess, got a point to where you could acknowledge that you're multi-layered, right? So there's different aspects of you. There's different aspects of everybody. Um, and one part of you doesn't necessarily trump another aspect of you. It's just really learning how to kind of navigate through these different layers of who you are. All right. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, so what kind of advice would you give someone who wants to encourage someone else to go to therapy? Um, I do that a lot with my friends. I think I can count on one hand and I'm missing fingers. So there may be <laughs> already fit to therapy over the last two years and they're enjoying it. Um, so a lot of times you may have different roles in your friendship. You may be quote unquote that I don't like, but I'm using it for the purpose of this. When people say they're strong friend, I, I think we all can be the strong friend in different times, different seasons in our lives. And we all could be the friend yes. that support mentally or emotionally whatever that may be but at the same time there comes a fine line with these two where i'm going through something and i don't know what you're going through but i'm dumping all of my stuff on you now i'm way like, you're feeling so heavy at that moment and so i think we need to start practicing the idea of hey where is your mindset at right now do you have time to hear me out because we all have lives not to say that we can't be here for each other so I don't do that in, anymore with my friends because I have my own therapist. If I'm in that much of a crisis and I may feel like it's heavy for my friends, I call my therapist. I need an emergency um, session at that moment because you have to be mindful that we all are dealing with stressors every day. We can't always just dump our issues on these other people. And at, at times, we don't even ask them how they're doing before we start talking. So I've had a few interactions where I felt like some of people in my life, the things they were telling me were too heavy for me to process or they were too like it was out of my limit it was out of my power there was nothing i could do and i'm not a therapist and so i would always advise them and say hey nothing that you see that's happening right now just started happening out of nowhere maybe it would be best and wise to seek out some professional help to talk to someone that is non-biased 100 percent your cheerleader rooting for you well you can just dump a lot of stuff and they can help you it's a puzzle you know yeah. and they Put the pieces together and figure out hey if I now let's use that as an example and i have an excessive um addiction with drinking when i feel like i'm having a bad day alcohol is my source of um outlet that i need to just mm -hmm. debrief excuse me then where does that come from were you raised in a household where people were drinking they normalize it was priest all over was guinex all over did you have you know, uncles that were coming in drunk or were you not taught to express your emotions and so Everything has a root. Everything stems from somewhere. And in order for us to be effective members of our society, of our community, um, we have to break away from the issue of that culture that we belong in. We don't talk anything outside of the home. It, it happens here, and that's that. We have to break right. away from living. I think even Haitians living in Haiti should have access to these things just like we do here because the people there are living in constant trauma you know, from earthquake, from political chaos, lockdown, that's a lot of PTSD. Yes. And so a badge of honor as resiliency, I, don't, don't tell me I'm a resilient person. I don't want to hear that anymore. Don't mm -hmm. tell me person. I don't want to hear that anymore because then I have to live up to that to where, oh, I can handle issues. I can handle trauma. I can handle hardship. No, I'm human. You know, I have emotions. I need to be able to express certain things. So if you're anyone that's on the edge on the verge of seeking therapeutic services, mental health services, I said, go for it because you are responsible for how you move moving forward because you're an adult, you know? Your parents are no longer responsible for you just like you go for your annual checkup with your doctor, you do a physical, it's the same thing. You need yeah. to go on up here, the thoughts that you, you can't share with people, you can find someone that you can share them with and they can help you process these things and Again, like I said, nobody escapes childhood trauma. We all come from something. We all have seen stuff. So, 
Yes, absolutely. Oh, you are dropping gems, okay? Gems. <laughs> okay, so um, I'm going to wrap up with the last question. Um, so how about you share with everyone here, um, with, in terms of your time of being in therapy, how have you seen it allow you to grow personally and within your relationships with others? Um, you know, when you come from a background as mine where, you know, for a very big time of my life here, I was this kid in foster care. So I was quote unquote, the victim uh -huh. Use that term victim as a badge of honor and yeah. expect oh, will adjust to us as this former victim. And I remember recently when I shared one of my posts about graduating and I had a denial letter. I know why I got denied because that personal statement was very victimized. It was pick me. I went through this, feel sorry for me type stuff. So I hadn't addressed a lot of these issues to where I could come forth and say, Hey, yeah, I went through this, but that's not where I am anymore. It's a part of me. It's somewhere in the background, but that I don't identify as this sexual abuse victim anymore. I don't identify as this former foster youth anymore. Yes. This was a time of my life, but I'm not walking around here with saying, Hey, Look at me, feel sorry for me. I went through this or be easy on me. Life is not going to cater you like that. It's not going to, you know, cutter you like that. And so yeah. for me, I've had to really just address me and see me in its raw state. Um, even relationships with people, whether that was quite demanding. I had a personality growing up in foster care where I felt like they called me the inquisitive child that mm. I would question. And I... I, I walked around demanding stuff in a very disrespectful way at times because I hadn't had the parenting that I needed to have because here you are living with different staffs here and there. They're not really parenting you. They're just here supervising stuff. So there was a lot yeah. of parenting stuff that I didn't get to mold me into saying, this is how you speak to people. You don't speak to people in this way. You don't always have to be aggressive in certain things. You could be assertive, but you could do it in a very respectful way. So for me, in that sense, there was that part of relationship with people and then intimacy intimate relationships it was like oh this girl you got serious daddy issues unless you mm -hmm. because my perpetrator was my father and so in all my therapy years that i had as a child it was really incest focus nothing really addressed that you got to address some of these things to have better partners so you're not looking for your father in a relationship so many of us probably have experienced absent fathers and so we're looking for our fathers in these relationships so sometimes we don't even acknowledge that we have these absent fathers there are people with mommy issues as well so we don't realize that men are looking for women and their mothers um looking for their mothers and their women and so there's all these different issues that we may walk around here and say, oh, I don't like people. I don't trust people. Where does that come from, honey? Who hurt you? You don't trust people? Like, you don't give anyone the benefit of the doubt at all? Who, <laughs> who betrayed yeah. you at such a young age that you feel that you have to live in this world very closed off? That I don't like people. What is this mindset? And I used to say that. I don't like people. I don't got time for nobody. Yeah. Barb, who hurt you? Because we all need each other. You know, relationships matter. Right. And so... For me, that's been really um, knowing that I am responsible for who I become at this point. I can't no longer use that line of, oh, yeah, this happened to me at six. This happened to me at eight. This is why I'm the way I am. No, I choose to just take power over who I become and who I become, you know, who I am now and who I become. And so those tools in therapy have been the founding, you know, the foundation in helping me navigate this mindset, this personality, this person that I've become and who I want to become because you can't play the victim forever. 
you yeah. have to be accountable and take responsibility over your own mental health, over your overall wellness and how yeah. you move in this world with people. So, yeah, it sounds like for you, you went through sort of like an evolution. You kind of evolved from this child who had gone through a lot of these traumatic experiences, grew up to be an adult who said, okay, I'm going to take some, I'm going to step into a place where I can somehow take control over this situation um, by really addressing what are those experiences that I had. And not only did it impact you, but it also impacted your friendships and impacted your relationships. Um, you're finding that you're able to connect more with others in a way that maybe before used to be more challenging. So I love that you shared that. I love that you shared that. And I love that you talked about um, that aspect of how, you know, the world is not necessarily going to coddle our experiences. And it's up to us to really, you know, take that step to address our own wellness and our own experiences. Absolutely. Because yeah. what happened will happen. It's just like, yes. hey, deal with it, face it, process, mm -hmm. you know, unpack it. And so that's really what I'm trying to do because I felt like I missed out on a lot of parenting that I should have gotten, you know, from yeah. a very age. And it's like, I do desire to be a parent one day and I don't want these things manifesting in my parenting. I want to be as aware as possible of things that when they do come up, then I know that there's tools available that I can sit down with someone and address these things. I don't want to have to say, well, I'm not going to be present because I had an absent father. Like, who does that? You know? So it's these things that you, you just have to be better. Like we go to school because we want a better job. We want better opportunities. I want to be a better person. I want to have better friendships. I want to be that accountable person. I want to be that responsible person, that trustworthy person. So I'm not walking around here and say, well, someone betrayed me. Now I don't trust people. Someone hurt me. I'm going to walk around and hurt other people. And that saying of hurt people, hurt people, it's very true. Anything yeah. that out of excessive anger is coming from some type of hurt. And so you have to address that because even the conversation I told you from February where I just acted out of character and it was a lot of hurt. It was a lot of disappointment within myself that how did you allow this to go on for so long? And now you, your back is against the wall and now you feel like you have to get out of character to get even when really you could have really walked out a long time ago and not even get to this stage. So yeah. it's just of empowerment and seeing yourself in its raw state and as honest as possible, just looking in the mirror and saying, Hey, I got issues too, just like everybody else. And I need to just tackle them and address them so that I could be better for me and the people in my environment. Yeah, I love that. So the raw state brought you to a place of empowerment. That's what I heard. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Barbara, you have, you have given us, not only did you drop so many gems today, but you've also just kind of bared yourself vulnerable to share your experiences with us. And I appreciate it. I mean, I know I told you guys at the beginning that Barbara and I have these conversations on the regular. So <laughs> her sharing this with you guys is, is really a treat. Um, and so I really appreciate you joining me today on this. Um, this was powerful. I believe that people really took a great deal away from this conversation. Um, and I just hope that within this conversation, people can walk away seeing that addressing therapy doesn't have to be something that's a stigma doesn't have to be something that uh, people fear. And it also doesn't have to be a process to where 
um, you feel like you're going to be shunned by other people um, because really it's not about other people. One of the biggest things that you highlighted is the aspect of self-work, right? So how can we be good to others or how can we be well for others if we can't even do that for ourselves? Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. always you're overextending yourself and it's like at the end of the day, if self-care is not there, you're no good for anybody else because you're going to crash. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to crash. Even the reason where, where, where I came to realize that, okay, you can't keep doing this via video therapy with your therapist back in Florida. It was in the middle of a therapy, I mean, a supervision session that I had with my supervisor at work. And we're talking and she likes to say, hey, how are you doing today? And I don't think I heard that in a while from a sense of sincerity. And she said, how are you doing? And I, I, I broke down. I lost it. Yeah. I and it was like, okay, there's issues here that you've been on the go, 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 go. Because if I could be very transparent, I got a divorce today. The next day, I was on a flight to Massachusetts. Never addressed my divorce. Never addressed that loss. Never grieved anything. Yeah. And I was on the go because here I am, this mother that's very ill in a wheelchair that I need to save her life. I, I don't have time to pause and think. And I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. And it's yeah. like, you don't slow down and process everything you just went through you're going to hit your head real hard. Yes. I had to pause. Yeah, absolutely. And I see a comment in there that says therapists need therapy too. And yes, that is facts. Facts. Yes. I have a therapist and we talk about this all yes. the time. That it's therapist. Like... <laughs> it is all the time. Therapist needs therapist. And yes. And at times. When I leave her session and I know I felt heavy and I have a weight lifted off me, I said, girl, you better call your own therapist because what I just dropped on you, you need it's to... heavy. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I, I, I'm glad that that, e that point was even um, mentioned by Gabby um, because, you know, as therapists, like you said, you're, you're taking in a lot of information. You're taking in a lot of, you know, other people's uh, problems or other people's issues and to to better serve those people you have to also work through that and you have to work through your own stuff yeah. you have to work through your own stuff I know for me um, going to therapy it was it hasn't always been a, a process where I started out going there going to therapy like when I started grad school but I remember you know I went through a significant loss and I realized, okay, girl, you need to address your stuff because there was a point in time where I wasn't even able to work with clients because I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't take the heaviness of what I was going through and then also taking in other people, right? So I just think it's so important, um, and I'm glad that was touched on. So, Barbara, I know we could talk about this stuff uh, all day. I have a question here. We may have to call you. <laughs> <laughs> yes we have gone over a little bit on time um but thank you so much again barbara for joining me on this live and thank you again everybody who tuned in everybody who you know posed a question um thank you to wanda lunia sweet and everyone for you know trusting us to be able to kind of engage in this dialogue with you all thank you for having me thank you wanda lunia <laughs> you know i love therapy <laughs> And FYI, Francesca said she would hire me as her brand ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I should have received the contract by now that I have not received. So, <laughs> Okay, so on the record, 
Barbara, you're hired. <laughs> and also, before we go, um, the people want to know where can they connect with us. So, Barbara, where, where can people connect with you? I am at Barb underscore inspires. And I try to live by that name. Yes. <laughs> you guys can find me at Francesca Fontes, my full name, underscore. Um, I, I believe they're tied to the flyers. So if you guys want to check us out there, um, that's where you can find us. Okay. All right. Thank you, everyone. Bye.